0: Welcome back. Welcome to the bonus episode with Alexandra Lynn, a.k.a. Alex the Astronaut, always weighing in and just giving us beautiful, cogent and considered thoughts. I think you're forever going to be just this kind of young, vivacious, very kind of calm energy. I just, whenever we Thank hang out, you. And whenever, whenever we see you, you've just got this <laughs> wonderful sort of uh, low-key effervescence. So say Aww. it again, low-key effervescence. Thanks so here so we much. are. Marcus Teague uh, and I are about to ask you a bunch of questions, but basically it all comes down to the one question is what music hit different for you as a youngster and will go all the way through your whole life up until you're 76 now. Now, what's the first music you, you can remember really uh, knocking you?
1: Oh, It was such a long time ago now, but when I was little, um, <laughs> being 76, I'd love to look back on my childhood. <laughs> You look great, by the way. Oh, thanks so much. Um, (laughs) I think, like, the first songs I remember listening to were, like, songs that my parents played. So they were, like... there was a very uh, broad range. We had Paul Kelly, which was music that stuck with me. Um, They had an album by Damien Leith, which I really liked. James Blunt. Uh, They had... Oh, I can't really remember now. There was definitely Bittersweet Symphony. I thought it I called it The Eagle Song when I was a child. <laughs> I don't know why. Why is that? I think I misheard a lyric um, and I thought it was called The Eagle Song. Um, yeah, so that was like kind of what was playing when I, when I remember music playing in the back of the car and when I had any ability to cho- choose. Like I think that there were albums and I'd be like, play the Damien Leith song, the one with the thing, and then par- my parents would play it. Um. I think that the music that stuck with me was the Paul Kelly songs because they were very narrative-based, and I think that was like when I was little, I really was amazed by how I could relate to this person. I couldn't put that together. I really liked Paul Kelly and that was I think that Paul is just an artist that I learnt so much from about narrative writing. That was why that stuck with me when I was like five.
2: I believe also, Alex, that um when I when I spoke to you your your tune Holes in the Story has the same chords as To Her Door. Oh yes. Uh, as 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 Paul Kelly and there was a you got the okay from him through through back channels, I believe. Early, I did. That, that I, was cool. Wow.
1: <laughs> I apologized and he said there's lots of songs with G, C, D, and G in it, so don't worry.
0: <laughs> True answer. <laughs> Especially for Paul Kelly, when he put out Roll On Summer, he said this is my two-pack song because it, it rips off California love. Oh. Yeah, he said that oh just, really? yeah, yeah, he he just came out and said it. You know, <laughs> roll On Summer. He just sits on that beat. Yeah, yeah. Go, he's, Paul. Uh, is it West Coast? <laughs> I think it's West Coast. Probably <laughs> wrong. Cool that you're already rubbing shoulders with Paul Kelly super early in your career and kind of getting the old hey, buddy. I think I'm going to be a big one day. How? am sure, he didn't say like that. <laughs> but ha- having that, uh, having that sort of yeah, that sort of road in, and I think Paul Kelly's remarkable that he always, always is looking to young s- songwriters and always helping them get a leg up, and absolutely just yeah, he's so on, on, on the pulse. I, I spoke to um, Earthboy a few years ago and. Uh, Earthboy was touring with Paul Kelly, and he, Earthboy gave Paul Kelly an Elephant Tracks hoodie, and he said, and every day for the rest of the tour, he wore it.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, mm. that's so nice. Yeah, cool. no. yeah. <laughs> Paul has one of my hats, and mm. he like occasionally posts a photo with him wearing it, and I'm like, yes.
0: <laughs> that's great. <laughs> that's terrific. Um, tell me about a little bit about Damien Leith because I've met him. He's a sweetheart. My parents love going to see him at the Drum in Dandenong. Uh, he's someone who's sort of come along and managed to sort of have a career, even though it can be very difficult to have a career once you're on those kind of TV shows. How did his music affect you and any particular song that really, you know, you think of now and you go, oh, that takes me back to being five?
1: I don't really remember now and I feel very terrible. I know that 22 Steps was on my um, PSP. I downloaded that onto my little Game Boy and I could listen to it on that. Um, I think it was <laughs> Damien Lee, And then there was... Uh, maybe it's as well Damien Rice I'm going to yes. look it up there's also a Damien right. Rice isn't there all the um, Damians. <laughs> so it was all the Damien's and um, <laughs> I believe the album that my parents had on their on in their car was unknown unknown to me so yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was
0: a mood it was a vibe it was a vibe so when you're getting sort of 8, nine, ten years old around that time anything that, that sticks out in your mind
1: um, when I was 10, I lived in England. So that was when Lily Allen was on the radio. Um,
0: Can you do all this in an English accent just this part?
1: I actually had an English accent as a child. So it was a very weird, weird time. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I like have videos of myself having an English accent as a child. And I think if people like know that I've lived <laughs> in England and then they listen to me speak, then they're like, I can see it. Mm. Um, mm. Anyway, I'll, I, I don't think I can do that because I'll be too stressed. So I'm just going to keep no. continuing with <laughs> this. We, we, we
0: enjoyed enjoy the anecdote. That's good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, good. Um, yeah, so I think Lily Allen was a big deal because she was swearing in her songs and she was telling stories. Mm. And as a 10-year-old, that's very exciting stuff. Um, it was very um cheeky in the back seat of parents' car just hearing like swear words and you know, mum and dad are kind of being like Do we turn it <laughs> <Not> off? <role. laughs> what do we do? Like, do we leave it? And yeah, so that was that and I think she had a big impact because her songwriting, like her storytelling is so expressive. Like I think London was the song that like I remember listening to and The Bags from Tesco. Um, and I just remember being like, wow, I always really, mm. that was my favorite bit of the song where she was like walking with the bags from mm. Tesco and cause we, li- we yeah. went shopping at Tesco. It was like, oh, I know that I can match that up. And like, I think that was a mm. thing that I took away of like, when you include details that take people to a place with a song, it, it is really powerful and it creates mm. a really strong image. Um. And I think that was that was not the thought that came into my head when I was 10, but like that was something that was filed away of like, "I really like this song, Wonder why." And then when I mm-hmm. learned guitar, I started playing those songs. I started guitar lessons when I was about eleven, um, and that was when I would like take little songs in, and he'd teach me the guitar teacher um would Sam, he would call, teach me like um oasis and like really cool stuff, and I'd be like, mm-hmm. "I like Jack Johnson." <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I want to learn Banana Pancakes again <laughs> so I love Banana Pancakes uh, Taylor, all of those, those songs off that Better Together I think it's called Album or something like that um, mm. I had the little book we learned a lot of Jack Johnson it was a vibe um, mm. Taylor Swift was a big thing or maybe a, yeah, it just started, there were a few songs around that time I learned them in guitar I think Patience by Take That, I remember learning that. How does that go? Have a little patience. I don't know. I only know the dun, dun. you'll know the guitar bit. I don't really sure, think it's a sure. very memorable
0: chorus. I, I always get people to sing on on our podcast. Oh, just,
1: so you got <laughs> it I just, you just got stick it in there, sorry. Hot take. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um but yeah, I can't really remember what I definitely I had a Kate Miller book. I had a Paul Kelly book. A lot of the things were like things I'd learn on guitar. So I would go and listen to the radio. I would print out the ultimate guitar chord sheet. I would put it into a big folder and I have like 10 of those folders at home. So they're like this thick and there's so many songs. And so from 10 to I think I stopped doing that when I was like maybe in year 11 and I got an iPad and I just put them on the iPad. There were hundreds of songs. So anything I liked from the radio, I just print out, learn.
0: Unreal. Tell us a bit about and I want to throw this to Marcus as well. Songs with swearing, because as a kid, when you hear a song with swearing in it, it's a, it's a huge moment. I know Push it, Salt and Pepper, when they say uh, "All you sexy mothers, all the fly mothers out there," I'm like, "Huh." Oh. <laughs> and when uh, she raps, "Better make it fast, or else I'm gonna get pissed." I was like, "Oh, this is big. This is this is huge." Uh, also, Angels, no way, get fucked, fuck off. I saw a girl at in Swimming Pool wearing a t-shirt that said, "No way, get fucked, fuck off," which is the baddest, most baddest thing I've ever seen. All those little moments as as a kid when you're hearing swear words, it's just yeah, you feel there's there's a danger and there's a real kind of edge to the whole thing. Marcus, how about you? What's some really swearing moments? And I think as well, Alex, other things that other times you felt a bit naughty, naughty, cheeky, cheeky.
2: I mean, I was really into like NWA and Eazy and bit of swearing all that, that stuff, which is like <laughs> hugely problematic. <laughs> I I, did, I distinctly remember listening to it at like a, at a Christmas with my cousins and. And just like cranking it in the car in the driveway and like, you know, uncensored, so much problematic swearing and themes coming out of, I don't know, this uh, family Christmas car in Blackburn, <laughs> Blackburn or wherever it was. Yeah, but I think in hindsight it was just because it's, it's taboo, isn't it? Like so much about discovering music when you're growing up is like access to this other world. And it almost doesn't matter exactly what it's about or if it's right or if it's wrong or, or what it's achieving, if it, even if it's good music. But it, whenever you can find that little keyhole into another world, just go, what is this? Then that, that it makes you, it fires off all these things in your brain of like, I need, I want to be a part of this. There's there's more to life than my surrounds.
1: I got in big trouble. I think I was like 16, maybe I don't know, whenever CeeLo Green F.U. came out. Yeah. um, That was one of the songs (laughs) I had on my little computer. So my sister and I had our desks next to each other downstairs, like our school desks, and we'd do our little homework downstairs. And and mum came down when I was in my room or something getting something, and that song played on shuffle on my computer. (laughs) And I remember, like she didn't tell me until i like went upstairs for dinner or something and she was furious she was just like why do you have that song playing and i was just like oh i don't know <laughs> and like it it's did pretty cool though it, it did the opposite <laughs> thing like I wasn't like oh i'm gonna delete it i was just like oh i'm gonna hide it but i'm gonna be more sneaky but like <laughs> this is <Totally>. so funny <laughs> yeah
0: hell yeah hell yeah Yeah, I think it's terrific. I've got a nine-year-old daughter who sings the Shao song, um, Love Tonight, and she's changing the lyrics to to deliberately get it. So instead of, all I need is your love tonight, she sings, all I need is some love tonight. (laughs) It's that one word. That one word makes it so, you know, squeamishly coquettish. She's like, shut up. No, Juno, stop it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, it's very, very good value. Oh, do you still have these uh, hundreds of s- songs? And you said you've you've switched to iPad, but you still go back yeah. to them and go, get my chops up.
1: Yep. Yeah. No, I still have them all. there in my parents', some uh, my parents' house in the bookshelf.
2: You, Alex, you came to your first producer Ben McCarthy through his work with Gordy. Yeah, and and being a fan of Gordy, were there in that age? I guess is you. I guess it's kind of like mid to late teens. Paul Kelly already being one, but were there some, some awareness, growing awareness of actually there's some awesome artists in my backyard in Australia that...
1: Yeah, I think I started this... Well, I think I started trying to get on Triple J when I was, like, 16. Mm. And that was when I started, like, I guess, driving. So, I got my license when I was 17 And that's when I, like, started putting Triple J on the radio. And I think artists... Yeah, like, um, Gordy was one that I remember pulling the car over. I remember Halsey's first album. Obviously, she's American. But I remember, like, these distinct moments of listening to Triple J and being like, oh, Earthboy was one artist where I think one of his songs was on rotation when I was driving around. Um, And I'd Shazam them, like, yeah. So I, I think, like... Waf- w- wafia um I can't remember um Alex Leahy was one um mm. yeah, there were so many different artists that I was like like ballpark music was were like a band that I think I knew about from when I was like earlier than that in school, and it's nice to be alive was on the radio, and mm. yeah, so when I started working with them now, I was like. I know you from when I was really little
0: <laughs> yeah I remember speaking to, to them about um, It's Nice to Be Alive and I think Sam Sam's the singer correct? yeah and he sort of said guys I've got this idea this could go horribly wrong but let's try this and at, you know think about it at a festival me or you guys leave the stage or you know just sort of you know just me just with the guitar singing It's Nice to Be Alive and they did it about three or four years ago across all their festival dates and apparently it was just the moment where everyone Oh yeah hugging their mates you know it's pretty pretty special
1: Oh yeah Sam I, I saw that shows they yeah mm. Sam does a good job of that <laughs> making the tears oh, yeah. come to your face
0: Tears come to your face <laughs> uh, what, uh, what music just yeah and then the last I mean if you don't mind me asking how old are you Alex? 26 26 unreal so yes yeah, so, so keep keep taking us through the eras of, of alex the astronaut and music that really affected you
1: um so i guess in around the year when i spoke to marcus i got uh a free ticket to go to splendor in the grass i won a little music industry Ooh. Little gold pass thingo and i got to go and like a lot of my friends from school were going but they were all camping together and i was like no I am here I am focused I just want to go and see all the bands so I camped by myself in like the um (laughs) workers area and like I every morning got up at like well sunrise because camping but like went to the all the forums and like watched everyone like I watched the avalanches and I think that year was like 2017 maybe um and yeah, there were there were so many different artists that I hadn't known that were playing. I think Alex Leahy was opening. Um, maybe Paul played. I think it was like, yeah. There were so many Australian bands that were there that, that it was just like, whoa, I get to see this in real life. And I hadn't seen a lot of live music because I played soccer growing up. Uh, I'd seen some, but it meant that I wasn't, like, allowed to go out on Saturdays. Like, with Soccer in America, we weren't allowed to leave campus unless we had, like, approval on certain nights. So, like, I saw, like, a few bands when I was there but not many. And this was the first big, big festival I'd been to. um, And just running around, like, I just – um, I was just in awe, like, the whole time. I, like, I saw Montaigne play and I loved her music and that was really great. But it was just, it was more about the experience of like getting to see live music and how people, I guess, set up their live shows. And I still have all, I think I saw Earth Boy and that music was on my playlist on the way home. And I still listen to the playlist that I made from that, from that Splendor that I went to. So that was, that was the next stage.
0: (laughs) So Splendor in the Grass, I'm looking at Splendor in the Grass 2017 and you're wearing a Haim t-shirt.
1: Oh, maybe it was the year before. Was it 2016?
0: 2016.
1: Yeah, it was just a great experience. The Jess Kent, I saw, Wafia. Um, like, all of those musicians, I guess, some of them who have become people that I know, it was just, like, it was life-changing to be able to see people doing the thing that you wanted to do and, like, be like, oh, not only do I love just the experience of being here, but I feel like this is what I want to do and this is, like, I would love to be able to set that up. Oh, my God, they they did this on stage and that was so cool and... Um, Oh, i remember that lyric because that was a really good lyric. And, like, that's, like, they're just, like, I love going to music festivals and getting to walk around on my own because it just is such Mm. a, like, I don't know, kid in a candy store moment for me. I think, yeah, when I started going to music festivals, I think that was when listening to music completely changed for me. And then playing them, it was just, like, yeah, really weird. Yeah.
2: And then... What are the, since then, which I guess is tracks with where your career essentially took off, sort of talking about 2017 to present day, but which also has to cover two years of COVID kind of essentially kind of wrecking things for a while. Um, what have the touchstones or inspirations been for you as you move towards potentially not a new album? <laughs> <laughs> um, what is this new album we are not speaking about?
1: I haven't heard about it. You keep talking about it. I don't know. Um, there's, I guess like everyone, it was like music was something that I listened to a lot of while we were in lockdown starting last year. And like I had listened, I guess, mostly to music on planes. That was like my way of like hearing music. So I wasn't used to day-to-day sitting at home and like, I guess music playing like that wasn't really where I listened, so I had to learn that, and I got a vinyl player from Thank You Audio Technica, um, <laughs> and and that was my kind of like daily trip. Oh well, it, I had to limit it eventually, but I bought too many vinyl records from the record store, and like I, li- the I think the first couple I bought were Gang of Youths, um, their album Positions, and what do you do when the light goes out i think that's the second album third mm-hmm, album mm-hmm. um those two were ones i had i had um the beyonce self-titled record i had jay-z's black album uh i had like uh, records that friends had given me like Skeggs's album ruby field's album i had an album from neil finn that when i played um with him on his tour I had a Crowded House record that he'd signed and I'd never never known what vinyl was. I was like, it's cool Frisbee. (laughs) And then, like, I (laughs) actually was like, oh, this is pretty cool. And that's when I started really listening to records. And I think, like, Jay-Z, the Black Album, like, the texture, like, um, percussive elements in that and how good Jay-Z is lyrically and, like, expressive Mm. he is, that I was like, oh, cool. I can see how this in order really makes sense. And I started learning drums, so I think that, that was something that I started to listen to more of like how the percussive backbeats like actually work Um, and like yeah I think I well most recently I listened to Courtney's new album which was incredible Mm -hmm. Um, Phoebe Bridges was a big artist that I listened to a lot in lockdown because I think she's like the best songwriter in the world of our age (laughs) like she's Mm -hmm. just fantastic I obviously like everyone listened to Taylor Swift's new Swift's new albums and I really enjoyed them. Um I'm trying to think of what else. There's so many. I like Tasman Keith, he hasn't released an album but he supported mm-hmm. me on tour Oh well it wasn't tour. It was a residency in one spot. I played like eight shows at the um at Lazy Bones in Sydney because mm-hmm. we couldn't tour. Um and yeah, Tasman was like I saw him play eight times, and he's one of the best performers I've ever seen. So mm. his music just became like what I listened to every morning. Mm. Um, and then yeah, Ziggy Ramo, I really liked his album that had just been...
0: just quickly the Tasman Keith was this before or after he, he toured with Midnight Oil because I think he supported Midnight Oil.
1: Hmm. I don't like know. Me, I think
0: I think he you did your shing, and then probably yeah did the midnight all thing because everyone was raving about how good yeah Tasmanian yeah. was it I midnight
1: mean, all. No, he like, was yeah. oh yeah. I didn't go to that show, but I yeah he was amazing. I actually like we did eight shows together. Um, it was pretty hectic like I'd never done eight shows in the same place two a days shows on some days Mm. Um, and then the last night um, Tasman's booking agent came to the show and was like oh Tasman's playing tomorrow and I was like can I get a ticket and she was like are you sure (laughs) and I was like yep (laughs) and like went along and watched him play again so yeah
0: that's great That shows you, yeah, that's very, very cool. Ziggy Ramo, you just mentioned as well, who we're definitely going to get on Hit Different soon because Ziggy, I've hung with you a bit, just a really interesting human and someone who's really having it come up up at the moment as well. Tell us, yeah, how Ziggy's music has affected you.
1: I think Ziggy's just such a clever writer and he's so good at, I guess, like getting his story to you in a way that is just so powerful like I think you can't listen to any of his music without it just like hitting you and like especially uh, he wrote a song about um, depression I can't remember what it's called but I remember listening to it and it was kind of like I guess I learned to listen to music at home and I had my little speaker and I'd play that in the morning and often on a Friday when music would come out I'd like put it on and I remember that song coming on And just like stopping, like Mm. stopping what I was doing and the lyrics just being Mm. so powerful and so honest and um, expressive of what he felt and how much pain he was in. And Mm. like, Mm. I, I really feel like double about that. Like when I was... Before I was a musician and I was listening to that, that would have been something that I would have been like, whoa, okay, wow, he's done this. This is so amazing. I need to listen to this song. But, like, knowing what it's like to release music as an artist, like, I guess knowing that that's going out to your friends, to your family and, like, having people hear that, like, it's really vulnerable and it's a really scary thing to do. And I I think that that I just have so much respect for him as an artist. He's, yeah, really, really talented.
0: This time a year ago, I interviewed him for Support Act Tune Up. So we went up to Sydney oh, yeah. and hung out at his manager's house. And it was really, and he was in a really bad headspace. He was, you know, I was talking to him about suicide ideation and that kind of thing. And he was just being very, you could just see all his energy because he was having that pressure of coming out of lockdown. And like he actually really, with him and his girlfriend, he preferred it when they were in lockdown. Like, no one's on the streets. And because he was sort of in Bondi, he didn't want all that kind of thing to come back. But uh, then he came to the AMP, uh, the AMP uh, Awards, and he was in a much better headspace. He just had this real lightness about him. And I know recently, because he did this Paul Kelly thing um, from Little Things, Big Things Grow, where he directed the film clip on the top of the the Sydney Harbour Bridge. You know, he's wow. won an award for that as well. Yeah. Like, just to see him come, thankfully, come out of this, this uh, funk and, you know, really just sort of... Yeah, just <coughs> readjust, recalibrate and go full steam ahead. I think we're going to see some amazing things from him. Uh, what is the most recent thing, the, the the song that's doing it for you this week to finish us off here, Alex the Astronaut? And, of course, Marcus T.
1: Um, I think what I've most recently added to my playlist is um, Quinn Christopherson. Quinn Quin Christopherson. <laughs> uh, yeah. Bubblegum.
0: Bubble cool. Uh, What's that about?
1: I was in um, America last week, and I was lucky enough to like meet lots of my friends from Australia. And one of them is Van Picken who runs an uh, runs a label over there. Van is a legend, absolute legend. And she was like, "Do you want to hear some music?" And I was like, "Of course!" And she played me Quinn's music. And like usually when people play you music, it's very stressful because what if you don't like it? Um, But Quinn's music was so beautiful, and she showed me the video and. It's a story of his journey being trans and it's so vulnerable and beautiful and the video clip was so amazing. It's just like yeah, I don't know. Um, just just really, really well done and the music is the production is amazing and yeah, you're just like, Okay, this artist is a superstar, like you already can tell. And yeah, yeah that was like that's on the top of my you can kind of see, I don't know, you guys so the video, yeah, yeah, is yeah. Like these people falling Ooh. And that's so, pretty like, cool yeah it's from really yeah that's my Fantastic
0: that's my way. one nice hot tip thank you we'll put that in the episode notes
2: mr teague uh i like this new album from dijon do you know dijon, D-I-J-O-N. oh yeah. I... it's called absolutely Okay. it's an la guy who's like a, a museum and a producer sort of thing i came through it like most things at the moment through a video which is just him in a room. Essentially, his vibe is kind of like Frank Ocean meets Bon Iver or something like that. It's just kind of like broken down, destroyed, sort of like hopeful soul stuff that is kind of like deteriorating even as you listen to it sort of thing. And he's got this really great voice. Um, This is awesome. He did a bunch of this quite clever series of videos where it's him and his band in a room and the room is... It's a sound stage, but it's set up like a shitty share house. There's like beer bottles on the floor and all that kind of stuff. And they're playing live and his voice is breaking and he's got these cameras attached to him. And it's this awesome kind of live performance, even though it's staged. And it really, I think, gets to the, the heart of his vibe, which is this kind of, I don't know, you know, like trying to create beauty out of garbage. Or something. It's, it's, it's really beautiful and I, yeah, I'm yeah i really into that. The first song on it is called Big Mics and that, that was the first video I saw that really hooked me. All three of us
0: sitting in front of Big Mics. I love it. <laughs> Very meta without the Zuckerberg connotation. <laughs> cool. I've been listening to a girl called uh, Paula Tape, a Milan-based Chilean artist. It's like thumping intelligent techno. Um, Tornado Wallace has done a remix of one of her tracks but then um, there's another track called Play Out Forenzi and on the way, <laughs> I was going between for this interview today, Alex, I was going between um, playing your music and then playing <laughs> polar tapes, like absolute balls to the wall. <laughs> <You> know, <like laughs> and it's real cool. So I, I highly recommend you all listen to that, if you, especially if you need, especially if you had too many drinks at Revolver Trivia last night and the other DJ didn't turn up and you need to keep playing. That's my tip for you. All right. Growing up is out now. You've signed to Warner. Things are looking very, very good for you you yeah, you've got a lovely light energy about just so keep doing what you do we love the fact that you've joined us today so i giving us your time as oprah winfrey says the best thing the greatest gift anybody can give anyone else is their time
1: you <laughs> oh no <laughs> thanks thanks, Alex. You. thanks for your time um i've had so much fun so yeah thank you
0: awesome all right we're uh, done friends woo! tell everybody about hip different keep it well up do. keep up the love see you out there snorkeling all right see everybody ta-da, bye ta-da, guys ta-da. Bye. bye